All right, everybody, welcome back to the Heath Barn. Hope we're having a great day. I usually go into this big, long, not long, spiel explaining the episode, and I will do that, but I'm not going to say too much because I just want to get you guys right into the episode. It is called Let's Talk Mead, M-E-A-D. D is in delicious mead. So it is with Corey Mason. He is the owner of the Treehive Bar in Brockton, Illinois. I went there with my wife and another couple last Saturday and was pretty blown away at how amazing everything tasted. So he discussed the process a little bit with us and I thought it'd be great to have him on here. So what he does is he explains what mead is. He explains his process, how he makes it. He talks about where all it is distributed right now. He talks about uh, the idea of uh, opening a bar. He gets into, uh, you know, he, he goes way back and talks about how he got interested in meat in the first place. So it's a very, very interesting episode. I did not know anything about mead, and now I know a lot, and you guys will too, because I was blown away at how good it tastes. I really was, and it's a game changer. So I will say this too, Christmas is coming up. So after you hear this episode, you need to, uh, you know, hook somebody up for Christmas with a bottle of this stuff because it is delicious. And, but he goes through the process. He explains everything very, very, very well. So I'm just going to stop talking and get out of the way and let the episode air so you can hear everything and get informed and get wisened up about mead. It is delicious. And Corey Mason does an amazing job making it. So I want to thank him very, very much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Enjoy the episode and welcome to the Heath Barn. everybody welcome back to the heath barn hope we're all having a lovely day i'm excited about this episode we have Corey mason you can go ahead and say hello hello <laughs> <laughs> he is okay i want to get your title right here the founder creator owner of the tree hive bar in brockton brockton illinois but also uh that's why I was asking beforehand, like, how would you like to introduce, how about you introduce yourself? So that way I don't, I don't, I don't leave anything out. Cause you've got a lot of titles or hats or. All right. I'm the <laughs> owner, mead maker, bartender, uh, the cleaner of everything <laughs> at Treehive. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Now, um, well, before we get into all that though, uh, we were just talking fantasy football. I'm not going to bore you guys with that. I do talk about that on here sometimes, though. So, but, yeah, we're both in several leagues. Playoffs are starting. Tense times, you know. But uh, do you um, – one thing I was going to ask you, what app do you guys use? Do you Have you ever used a sleeper app before or no? Never used it. Yeah, it's great. I switched to that one a couple years ago. Highly recommend it. That's <clears throat> that's the one where I told you – this will get it really bring in the audience here, me talking about fantasy <laughs> at the beginning. But um, – you know how I told you, like, if you, you get two decisions every week. So, like, if you win your head-to-head, that's one. And then if you finish above the league median, they give you a win or loss for that. So, if you have a good week, but the team that 
beat you, had like the highest score in the league, you can still end up one and one, you know. So everybody's records like double what it usually is. So yes, I highly recommend the sleeper app. I switched everybody to that a couple years ago, and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um. All right, so. I'm going to be honest because about, I don't know, how long ago how long ago did the word kind of get out that you were going to open an, open a place there in Brockton? Maybe like a year or so, maybe? Uh, let's see. Yeah, it was probably December or January um, of this last right. year. Yeah, so. Yes. And I, and so did my wife, but we thought, because that place used to be a grocery store back in the day, we thought it was meat with a T. So I'm like, oh, it's going to, you know, we're going to go get a pound of roast beef for Six ninety nine. I didn't you know. So obviously we're ignorant to everything that's uh, was going on there. But um, we went in there last Saturday night. We've been meaning to go in before that, but we went in there with another couple, and you kind of educated us. And it was like I find it fascinating. We were all, all four of us were just like I can't believe everything that goes into this and everything. So thought it'd be fun to have you on. So I guess we'll just start off with explain mead. Mead, yes. Yeah. <laughs> with a D. With a, a D. D. I am not you can fermenting. eat meat with it yeah. while you drink mead, but... I'm not yeah. fermenting, you know, beef or deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not what I ferment. Yeah. Um, mead is a an alcohol made from honey. Um, so, and from honey, um, as long as it's 51% fermented honey, that is considered a mead. Um, and... I get to do whatever I want with it for the most part, um, following all the rules, of course. Yes. But just a regular traditional mead is honey, water, and yeast. I usually for- ferment to around 14%. Um, and then I will back sweeten all my mead and then I will get it to around 12.5%. So it's higher in alcohol. Um, it is not wine, it, it's mead. Yeah. Um, it's. There are some kind of crossovers from there, but I can add fruit, I can add spices, I can age it in a bourbon barrel. Um, there's multiple things that I've done. I've made um, chocolate meads. I've made great meads. Um, I have a blueberry pie mead right here, um, which yes, blueberry with pie spices. And um, it might be gone. It might be gone here before too long, because it's delicious. <laughs> That's what blows my mind. I mean, I, uh, it is, uh, okay. Cause you came out, uh, we were there and you brought out, you know, explain what you have, like as far as on your, uh, board there for your menu and how often you replace, you know, and all that kind of good stuff at your, at your bar. All right. I have a tap list of eight meads. Um, it's a rotating tap list. I have a few that will stay longer than the others. Cause I've put, put more in kegs. Um, so usually my sessionable or 8% meads, which I like to call sessionable because they're not 12 and a half percent. Um, yeah. those, those are more of my in-house meads that I like to keep on. Um, I usually have a one or two traditional meads. Um, and then I just rotate from there. I've been doing some five gallon test batches in the back where if I have five gallons left over or I'll intentionally make an extra five gallons and, Let's see, right now I have um, a strawberry chocolate vanilla mead on. I also have a cherry chocolate vanilla mead. Um, one that's coming soon that I've had once out is a carrot cake mead. So I 
I'm having fun with just coming up with different flavors of meads that I can put on. Along with those meads on tap, I have around eight more that I have bottled that are not on tap. So I have my vintage bottles that I've had for a couple years that um, I've been pouring. And then just other meads that just I don't have room on the tap wall for. So I'll yeah. uh, just pour out of those until I do have room. <clears throat> I can't uh, stress enough to anyone out there, though, that isn't familiar with this, how good it tastes. It is like... Uh, we went in there and it was like a game changer because for something that's got 12 and a half and for it to taste like that blew my mind. And, um, but we went in there and we just sampled, you know, you just let people sample and then, uh, we just kind of went from there, but there wasn't one thing that's like, I told you everybody, people, the people we were with were kind of sampled here and there, but then they, we all just turned into Whatever, because there wasn't one that not, one of us was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. I mean, every, every one of them was delicious. So I couldn't recommend it more highly. But let's kind of backtrack a little bit here. What got you into into mead and uh, wanting to kind of take on this whole venture here? Oh, it's not too long of a story. Uh, I was a <laughs> home brewer, and I had a friend that introduced me to mead. Um, so anytime I would go out and... Also, craft beer lover, so anytime I was out looking at craft beer and traveling to craft breweries, I would started looking for mead. So that in turn, finally, I found a mead that I really liked. It ended up being a Polish mead um, I found in Chicago. Uh, I brought that back. My friend, you know, we opened it. I tried it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad. I, I wish I would have brought two bottles. So right. the next time I go to Chicago, I'm buying bottles for myself and not just him. Yeah. And then soon later, I got into uh, just wanting to make it myself and just played around. My very first batch of mead, uh, actually, I sat for six months and I followed this recipe exactly, um, but it uh, did not ferment. I had gotcha. added everything in the recipe list, and including the stabilizer, so sulfite and sorbate. And so there was no way that thing was ever going to ferment. So yeah. I made... Um, basically must i made honey water that was really <laughs> thick and sat for six months for no reason yeah um well yeah but you're just just at the very beginning trying to figure yes. out yeah so it uh but that in turn i just started playing with flavors and if i couldn't find something um which there wasn't a lot of mead uh back then that you could buy on the shelves so besides you know you had to travel for it so yeah. i wanted to make something and i had ideas of my own and that's what kind of got me into just exploring. Gotcha. And then how how many years ago would that have been when you? Uh, that started in around 2013. Gotcha. So almost the full 10 years now. Um, okay. Now, um, you were talking about um, as long as they approve it. You were talking. I was asking about this when we were over there. But how do you <clears throat> get like certain things approved? How do they have to get approved? Who approves them? All that kind of stuff for you to be able to sell it and everything. All right. So. For starters, you have to get a federal liquor license to be able to start a meadery and even start thinking about it. Yeah. Then you have to talk to your local, um, wherever you're at. So right now I'm in Brockton, so I talked to the Brockton mayor, and he talked to the city council, and they approved a liquor license for me there. And then from that, I had to take both of those, that information to the state of Illinois, and I had to get approval from there. Once I get all those licenses and everything gets going... Um, to make a batch of mead, I have to put on a formula 
to the TTB. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that formula gets approved. And once that formula is approved. Can I hang on TTB? I might be. Tobacco and Trade Bureau. There you go. And might, then, that might be an ignorant question, but I'm just, yeah. No, okay. no, yeah, I was gotcha. about to say it. <laughs> and then, uh, okay. And then from there, they have to approve the label that I make as well. So I can have someone make a label for me, but it's expensive. So a lot of the times I'm just making my own labels. Um, so when you make this stuff, you, you send it off and then they test it and approve it they they don't have to test it um i've never had it happen but there is a way like sometimes that they'll be like hey you need to send this in because of something might be different with your formula gotcha so but other than that it's it's a not a too difficult process it's just a pain right yeah just tedious i'm guessing yes and yeah and then once that's all approved then you can you know Sometimes the mead's already made, sometimes it's not, and so then you have this basis for this recipe. You have to make this mead like the recipe, and it has to match your label if you do it that way. So that's why sometimes gotcha. it's easier to make the mead and then get the labels made. So everything's approved, then you can start selling it either for me in-house or and also distribution. Right. So, um, so every single time you come up with something, you got to send that, you got to... Every, every, every single, recipe. yeah. Um, okay. Now you were distributing before you had the bar open. Like how, okay. I should say, this. how long were you distributing, uh, before the bar was open? And then maybe talk about where it started being distributed to at first and like how far it's come since then and all that good stuff. So, all right. So it's basically, it's, I started self-distribution February 1st of 2001. Um, I think my first sale was to Riggs Brewing Company. Um, they've had me on ever since I started. Um, that was two years and nine months before I ever got a, or two years, eight months before I ever got a tasting room. So yeah. um, I was making it up in Rantoul, and I was distributing all the way to, I'm in all the Central Illinois Benny's Beverage Depots. I'm in... Uh, some random liquor stores, one gateway liquor store down in Charleston, um, AJ's Wine and Spirits in Muhammad. Um, I've had a few others pick me up randomly, uh, famous liquor stores indicator, the Friar Tucks um, yeah. in Champaign, Savoy, or Savoy and Springfield. Um, I'm all the way up in Chicago in a couple of locations now. Um, Bottle Theory in Elmhurst and Oak. Uh, orange and brew and downers grove so it's luckily and then you say it goes all the way up to, or maybe you already said this like all the way up to moline oh yeah and, and all the poor brothers locations right so then they're all the way in the moline peoria heights uh bloomington now and champagne so i it's yeah that's that's great luckily i knew a lot of people and i've i sold beer for a year for triptych so that mm-hmm. got me in the door to a lot of places yeah well then if you want to so how does that process go if you want uh they get a hold of you, or are you just constantly putting out feelers? To back, back then, it was a lot of feelers. Yeah, gotcha. But I mean, health work. It's I mean, it's already spreading a lot around here, and now having that having the tree hive open, which I don't even know if we said the name of it yet. Or have, no, you said at the very beginning, but yes, tree hive bar in Brockton. But yeah, I mean, now now that that's going, the sky's the limit. Hopefully, yeah, I think so. I'm in R and J's as well now in Paris. Yeah. So that's a new one. Oh, and I've always been in, uh, you can always find a bottle or so at uh, the local gas station in Newman. 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Man, I'll, I'm not kidding. I'll remember that. Cause, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, as far as – oh, I, I put down here um, you have trophies and things like that at your establishment from contests and things you've won. So why don't you brag on yourself a little bit and talk about awards you've won all right. and all that good stuff. Uh, I can do that, I think. Uh, so my first commercial competition was, that I entered was the Indiana Brewers Cup, and that was in 2021. Um, I ended up winning Best of Show for the Meat Insider category for professionals, and I have done that two years, well, three years in a row now, 2021, 2022, 2023. Um, then National Honey Board Competition. It's judged down in St. Louis. Um, it's a great competition the national honey board promotes honey products yeah so it's they're a really nice competition um the big one is called the Mazer cup that's judged once a year uh used to be judged in colorado now it's being judged in kansas city for the last two years and one more year i've picked up um my first gold there this year um and then valkyrie's horn uh mead competition up in st paul minnesota i picked up the the best trad, uh, the tra- best traditional mead of the competition there after I won gold with um, one of my meads, and I also took third place. The one we're drinking, the Sunflower Blossom Honey. Yeah. Um, so Sunny Bear Sunflower. That took the gold at Mazer Cup, and it took a bronze in the Valkyrie's Horn competition. And my other traditional, the Aro Era Blossom Honey traditional, took first place in that competition. Yeah. I've also took an award from, a gold medal from, Orpheus competition out of Colorado, and one um, that I really wanted. If you ever look at the trophy wall, you might be able to see it in the picture. Yeah. There is a a cup, and it's you know this beautiful thing, and it's called the Texas Mead Cup. And I this at the beginning of the year, I'm like, man, I really want one of those. So I sent two meads in that I thought were really good. Yeah. And I end up winning one. So that's awesome, man. <laughs> so yeah. I wish I would have entered more, but uh, yeah. it was it was a cool comp. So. Yeah. Well, how many, uh, this might be another silly question too, but when you go to those competitions, how many people are, how many people are, uh, competing or whatever? How many people are sending their stuff in? So Mazer Cup, usually you have a lot more than any, any others, some other ones you're, so usually you're competing, I want to say like 50 to a hundred different meteries. Yeah. Um, some of these other ones, you're less than 20. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, man, I'm glad. So then, um, was your... Okay, so you're kicking ass with all those competitions and everything. You're wanting to open up a place. Was uh, did you have your eyes on that place where you are now, or were there, or was it uh, just kind of like anywhere close in the area where I can get something going? Or um, I was hoping uh, once I bought my business partners out and moved from Rantoul, or looking for a place to move out of Rantoul to. I would have loved to have been in Champaign. Uh, lots of people going through. More people right, out there yeah. know kind of what meat is. Um, the well, people will know now around here. Cause, yeah. Yeah, hopefully, but man, yeah. Leasing up there was pretty expensive, so it didn't make sense. And then I started looking in Tuscola. I looked in Arcola, and when I found this building in Brockton, it just made sense. Uh, the price was right. Yeah. And it was the size, and I could easily get stuff set up in there right i love that building i mean i remember like i said i remember it i think i told you i remember it from when i was little you know it was when it was a 
grocery store. But uh, I think it's cool too because, um, you know, it can turn into like a destination for people, I guess. So because Brockton, nobody knows where the hell that is. You know, you know what I mean. So it's like, but you know how these these places that are awesome and different and things like that around here, you know, people if the place is good like yours is and people will turn it into a destination and they'll make it, make sure it's a place that they go, you know? So, so in that way, I think it's kind of cool. It kind of makes it a little bit unique, you know, but, um, okay. Let's see. What else do I got here? Um, so yeah, but the bar though, where you like, okay, whenever you're doing all this stuff, uh, from day one, as soon as you, as soon as you got into it, your in your end game was just distributing as much as, humanly possible and having a bar right yes yeah so you're just you're right there but i uh um why don't we talk a little bit about here about what we have in front of us because i've already told people how delicious all of it is but maybe you can go here we're not it's not videoing but here maybe just yeah, give me a little something here and i'll i'll uh i i'm not a uh sophisticated uh palette i don't think i just know if it tastes good or not but so what's that one called so now he's just poured a little bit of boozy blueberry pie boozy blueberry <laughs> pie and hang on we'll take a sip real quick this is why i need to start videoing these by the way but yeah i just can't even it's just like sweet it's like grape juice but better I mean, it's like, you know, no, that's not doing justice. It's just, I can't explain it. You guys, it, you just need to uh, try it. And you also brought in honey. And you have honey at your bar, too, people can sample. Yes, I have honey. You can come and sample, uh, I think, around 19 different honeys. Here, you can um, explain that a little bit if you want, like you were explaining it to me. but The one I brought today or was sunflower honey because I'm, we're sitting here drinking a sunflower uh, honey mead. Um so I wanted John to taste the honey that, you know, he's drinking. It's, yeah. I can't, yeah. But I can't believe it. Boozy blueberry pie. It's definitely lots of blueberries. Uh, I've been, wa I've been wanting to quit drink. You know, I've been saying I need to not drink beer anymore. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean necessarily quit, apparently. I just meant switch to something. <laughs> switch, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's uh, it's delicious. Okay, so, yeah, go ahead and. You can just kind of educate them on uh, these flavors, what some of your favorite flavors are, you know, and all that good stuff as far as. Okay. All right. My my favorite flavor probably is the traditional. It's just because I get to showcase the honeys and show how different honey actually is. Like the different floral sources of honey, the nectar that they bring in changes that honey. I have three local honeys right now, um, two from Marshall area. Uh, one from uh, and some from Brockton area and even the pails of honey that I bought uh, locally from Terry Sullivan they all taste different yeah because the different hives different times of year different it's it's amazing the different kinds of honey that you can actually get uh, my favorite honey on that aspect is uh, honey called meadow foam uh, it has like a vanilla marshmallowy flavor if you come in you can try it you can buy it it's it's one of those Kind of life-changing honey moments, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's really good. Uh, the one of the other meads I have is right here is grape happens. It's a Concord grape mead, and uh, we were talking about rules with the TTB earlier. Yeah. One of the 
rules is, since I'm a metery and not a just a full-on winery, even though that's what I'm classified as, I can't tell you on this label that there's Concord grape juice in this. Oh, yeah, you were saying, yeah. So it's like the weirdest rule ever because I'm still classified as a winery, but I fermented Concord grape juice with honey. Apparently, it's not Concord wine anymore, so, or Concord, so. Gotcha. um, Even though they want you to tell everything else, but this is full-on Concord grape. It is um, something that I have made multiple times. I've changed it. I've now I've just went back to this recipe that I just really like the most and it's sweet and Concord grape juice. Um, yeah. the, the blue boozy blueberry pie actually spent about a year in a barrel that I got when I pulled it out, it was really boozy. So I'm like, sweet, this is boozy and blueberry. I'm going to make this boozy blueberry pie mead. There you well, go. Once I added all the sweetness back and added some pie spices, the, the bourbon barrel itself like kind of left it's like there in the background but it's but you get a lot of pie spice on the nose and the flavor and then boom blueberry and it's sweet and it's kind of delicious as yeah. well maybe uh that's another thing too maybe maybe walk people that don't including myself until you explained it the other night but just like how you make it you know like you're talking about barrels and things like that people oh. might not even know it that you know but all right so, how that whole process even goes but so I get honey in. Um, I have a RO water system that I use. So I'll blend up the honey and the RO water unless I get like grape juice. Like so with the grape happens, Concord grape, that was all juice and just honey. Yeah. So sometimes I have to make my own juice. So I'll get concentrate and make my own juice. Mm-hmm. Um, but for just a traditional mead, I get the RO water, the honey, I blend it up and then I will pump it into a tank and I will add yeast. And then I will feed that yeast some nutrients and that keeps the yeast happy. And that's why when you drink my mead, you don't taste like fusel alcohols. It's not burning. Yeah, it's it's I can't smooth and easy drinking. I can't believe how smooth it is. Every one of them. I can't believe how smooth it is. But (laughs) yeah, by design. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, I know, but it's just uh, crazy. So it'll take around 15 to 30 days for that ferment to get to around 14 percent. Um, after that, I will transfer it into another tank, um, like basically a holding tank, and I will stabilize with sulfites and sorbates. Yeah. Um, and a couple days after that, I will add back sweetness because at that point, when it fermented to 14%, it's, it's eaten all the sugar. So yeah. that yeast is happy, and then I stabilize it, stopped it, boom, sweeten it up. And then that next process takes anywhere from a month and a half to two months to just mellow out to where the flavors are good to go. And I taste it once a week, once every two weeks. And sometimes I'll add some other products in there like um, like oak or French oak or any of those woods that you can think of. Yeah. Birch wood. Um, they all impact or they change the meat in a way for good. Like, so it helps it. It's not like wine where I'm adding like putting in an oak barrel and it sits and it's just oak. That's yeah. not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I want I want the oak or whatever I put in to complement the meads. Yeah. Um, and pull out those flavors. Gotcha. Um, on other meads, it's the same way, except I will add in juice or concentrate or flavoring of some kind, spices, and the same thing, waiting a couple months and tasting. Um, the longest thing I've had right now, I've waited for two years and it's still not released, uh, <laughs> is a, is a Christmas mead that just isn't 
I just don't like it yet. So right. um, I've done that. I've put meat into a barrel. I'm releasing one this weekend, which has been in a barrel for a full year. Yeah. And it's actually my first dry meat, but it tastes good the way it is. Right. I didn't want to. Oh, yeah. You were it. talking about that, too. Yeah. yeah. What's that one going to be called? Whiskey Kissed Cherry Bliss. Nice. Very nice. Um, so anytime you have an idea, you can't. Okay, let's say you get an idea. How long can it be before that idea is actually like in a bottle? Uh, I, just varies uh, on about. Well, after ordering, probably three months to yeah. three and a half months because it takes a couple of weeks to get all the ingredients in. I'm working on one right now that is a German chocolate cake mead, and I yeah. finally just got pecans in today. Yeah. So I have pecans. I have toasted coconut. I have the honeys I want to use, and then. I'm like, okay, what else? Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. think I'm good to go on right. everything. Oh, that's right. Then I have to pick a yeast because yeah. also not just picking different honeys, but picking different yeast to match kind of what I'm trying to make. Right. They all ferment different. Yeah. Well, that's an amazing process. Um, and then it just comes out delightful. Um, so also there uh, at your place, I was telling him it was funny because he's got other things too for people that, there's, I don't, there's absolutely no reason why nobody would, wouldn't like this, but you've got, you know, you can get a beer there too. Things like that, things like that, just in case. Oh, and you make drink, um, tell some of the, well, what did my, well, I won't say who, but you made a, some kind of martini for wifey. I, uh, I have a, an espresso martini that yeah. I make. Um, and then I also did espresso martini with. If anybody's familiar with the Jackson Morgan peppermint mocha yeah. liqueur, I blended those two together, added my spicy meat on top and um, a little bit of cocoa bitters. So I made this cocktail that I call a uh, loaded snowball. And those don't take three months to, <laughs> yeah, to figure that, out. Nope. They that take, about, right <laughs> take about five minutes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I have a full liquor license, so I can also do cocktails, um, which has been great. Um, I am actually been curating a nice little bourbon list so i'm gonna start yeah. doing bourbon flights um well whiskey flights and then i have different vodkas i've got some gin i try to focus or i was trying to focus mainly on illinois distilleries but i have yeah. branched off a little bit now and just trying to get good stuff so everyone can try different things right um it's been quite interesting i also make a limoncello but i call it honey cello because i don't use sugar when i make it um i use honey and i use good honey and it's been yeah um quite well received and i have someone contract making that for me and hopefully around a little after the first of the year i will have bottles of that right nice. now you can come in and try what i've made right um but i'm eventually going to have bottles made for me of my recipe that's awesome so. That's great. And you said there were 19 different types of honey you can sample in there? Yes. Yeah. Because there are people in there just walking around, just, <laughs> just dipping their finger in it. <laughs> I, I yeah. have well, I mean, spoons. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I misspoke. Yes, he's got, but yeah, you can walk around, sample honeys, just try. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's something that I was, just wasn't, didn't know anything about really. And it's, I find it, uh, Pretty cool. I'm glad you got a place close by. Um, let's see if I have anything else down here that we were going to... We talked about your awards. Uh, well, I mean, you can... Uh, 
as far as um, are you have you yet? Or are you going to try to get to the point where people can order like online and things like that? Or are you going to? Um, you can order online if you're out of state, not in state. Um, I might end up working something to where you can order online and come pick up. Right. So yeah. I can do that as well. That would yeah. That yeah, yeah. that'd be great too. So I'm um, there most days. Yeah. Um, and then maybe talk about uh, your place. Like, what are the hours and things like that? Right now, I'm open on the weekends, Friday and Saturday, noon till 10 o'clock, and on Sunday, noon to 6. Um, I'm going to keep those hours for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'll see. After the first of the year, they might have to change. Um, sometimes, you know, Sundays get a little slow. Right. So. Well, they, you know, it's football season. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... And right now I don't have a TV, so <laughs> yeah, maybe next year it'll be something that I yeah. you know venture off into. But just the I I should have uh, I should have took pictures in there the other night too because explain like the setup in there when you uh, go in. There's going to be a couple I don't know which pictures you sent me that I'll put out on social media, but like the um, kind of the layout because uh, it's really cool too. It's awesome in there, so. Uh -huh. You walk in, you look to the right, and I have a TV that you can play like a, the old school Nintendo classic on. Um, I have. Oh, and uh, <laughs> hell, I didn't know that. I wanna, no, yeah. but, well, we should say this too. We have. Uh, I was going to ask you if you what you thought of the Christmas program last night. Oh, so, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always good because uh, Corey has. We have kids around the same age. You've got. Uh, daughter in second boy in kindergarten and i've got a boy in first so they're right around each other so we had the big christmas program last night i feel like if nobody vomits it's always a success pretty much <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, i was just happy that my kid didn't make a fool out of himself, so it worked yeah. out. <laughs> i love that i love the way they do the two songs just bam they move right along the next one you're out of there yeah but and they were all well behaved so it was nice they were they were that was <laughs> yeah that's a success but um and we should also say that they're on the they're on the same Pee Wee ball team this past summer too. Oh, so yeah, true. yeah. But um, anyways, there's options for there. So P.S. There are things in there to where like if you like if like if you're in there working and your kids are in there, they can stay occupied in there too. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. I have yeah. that. I have tons of games to play. I have books to read. The that TV with the Nintendo Classic, but um, at every table, if you didn't realize <laughs> yeah, there it. is a jar of legos and i get asked a question why the legos is it because you had have kids in here i'm like well yeah kids are allowed because you know that's right. fine and uh but it's for adults too because adults like to play with legos there you go so it's it's just something i thought of uh last year when i was just visiting places and i thought man i have a lot of legos i think this could work. <laughs> and uh well your place should take on your establishment should take on your personality, you know. Yeah, so it's kid friendly. Um, I mean, it, I've never had kids in there really late, um, but you know, it's. One of if you're in a pinch and you got to go in, and you got yeah. your kids, there's so, there's stuff. Yeah, they can stay occupied. Definitely during the day. Uh, I have uh, ten different sodas, I believe. Right. Um, yeah. I another one of those Illinois connections. I. I've always liked ski soda myself, and I don't think I, I've ever had that before. Yeah, so oh, you should try it next time. It's a great soda. It's like a mixture of Mountain Dew and Sprite. Really? Yeah. So oh, I never and heard it's of it. made in Breeze, Illinois. So, really? Yeah, and they used to be in 
our conference, and so I always yeah. think Breeze Modern Breeze Day. Modern Day, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's how I, as soon as you said Breeze, I thought of Modern Day, yeah. yeah. Um, what, okay, what uh, were you saying about the the tree, the bar, or the the tree? Oh, the, oh, the, so yeah. I'm having a brain live, fart. Uh, edge wood long tables that uh, you can stand at or sit at. Yeah. Um, I picked those up. They were, they're actually Buckeye wood. Um, so if you go in there and if you just, you know, feel like lifting one up, you can, but, uh, <laughs> you know, they're sitting on barrels. Um, I got them from a guy who said they came from a Muhammad school, um, that they huh. had cut down. And so I, I went up, got them, sanded them down, put some epoxy on them. It's, uh, yeah. been one of those cool little features that people like. My, yeah. They look great in there. My yeah. bar itself is, um, different squares and they're, all uh, the that epoxy spin art, there's a name for it that I can't pronounce. But uh, my daughter did that um, with her uh, stepdad, and they came and installed it, and they went ahead and sorted them out. And they actually, one of the little tiny secrets is if you, you can put a black light on it, and some of them glow different colors. Oh, and really? Stuff. It's That's pretty awesome. neat. It's, yeah. But that was my idea. I'm like, hey, do you think you could do your artwork on this? And she said, yes. And she goes, I've got ideas. And she matched the colors. So it's, it's very cool. Something added that I like. Yeah. So. Um, there was something else there, too. I was going to say. Um, well, maybe not. But, yeah, it's a very good. It's, oh, and your your logo is what I was going to talk about. It's a very cool logo. Um and they'll see it too whenever I put this out, put the pictures out. But um, you said that you got got together with some people. Yeah, the original business partners and people that were investing, they we did at ninety nine designs for the logo, and then we all kind of worked together and just moved things around on this. And okay, so the the logo, nice collaborative effort effort for former people that were involved in the business. And it was, it was supposed to look like a chalice or, you know, like in a glass of wine. And then it evolved to this, um, you know, honey dipper, which I just love. So, um, I like the logo so much. I actually put it on my leg. So, all right. <laughs> nice tree hive tattoo. Yeah. I don't think I like my logo quite enough to get it tattooed on my body, but the barn. Yeah. <laughs> the giant barn. I love the logo and it was uh, she's only like 12 years old, the girl that did it. And then that's my dad up there. And she also did that picture too. And that's just like a sketch art. That's like, it's, just, oh, that's great. it's a, it's a drawing. I mean, she's amazing. So yeah, but shout out Lakin. But, um, yeah, I think you got a great thing going and, uh, I'm glad you got to kind of get the word out here because I'm sure, uh, like I said, there's no reason why I can't kind of turn into a destination for people. And that Sunday deal too, that'll, I bet in the summertime, because when people are out piddling on Sundays, you know, just, that's the thing about these little towns, you can piddle from one place to another, you know, and just kind of, like I said, make it a destination. So, um, well, I think we got through everything fairly quickly. I thought we would actually, but, um, can you, let's see here. You gave your hours, you gave your. Is there any way that you know their information you need to you feel like you need to get out there for people to? Uh, just don't be afraid to try it. It's it's, oh my it's gosh. really not a scary thing. It's, no, it's, it's not. 
No, it's uh, not. It's not scary at all. But, um, yeah, I can't say enough about how good it tastes. So, um, well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, I will get – this will be out tonight, and then I'll get out, get out the uh, pictures, put them on social media. If – and then if uh, – for you folks that are listening, next time I go in there, I might like take some pictures of it and put them up too, so that way people can kind of get an idea of what it looks like. But <clears throat> it's real nice, and no one like outside too. Again, we can talk about that. Like your outdoor, you got an outdoor area for people too that wanna, you know, when the weather's nice and things like that. Yeah, and they re-rocked that today, so it's not as not gonna be as muddy. You can actually walk up to the sidewalk now. Um, next year, that's gonna get paved over, and I can move my seats out to that area yeah so in front of the building next year hopefully after spring that'll be kind of partitioned off and i'll have my little outdoor area right there yeah that'll that'll be great when did you open like officially you had september 1st gotcha <clears throat> yeah so we're just getting started so all right well again thanks for coming on and so if you are out and about or even if you're not you check out the tree hive bar Brockton, Illinois. It's address. Hey, it's Brockton. You'll find it. But we might as well give them the <laughs> might as well give them the, might as well give them the real uh, address. So. One fifteen West Third Street. One fifteen West Third Street in Brockton, Tree Hive Bar. So, Corey, thanks a lot for coming in. I uh, when I started doing this pod, I needed like a little whatever sign off thing. I've told some people this, but Stevie was like six. You know, it was like a year ago, or yeah, around a year ago, maybe. I don't know, but. I was like, what do I need? I need a sign off line. What should I do? And he just like, his hands like this. And he's like, that's that. I'm like, perfect. So that's what I'm, so that's the sign off line. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Thanks so, for having me. <laughs> yeah. So Corey Mason, Tree High Bar, go check it out. 115th, 3rd Street, Brockton, Illinois. Awesome stuff. All right. So thank you for listening. And that's that. <laughs>